All right, Vic, you ready? Yeah, sure, Kirk. All right. All right, everybody, thank you for joining us this week on Speaking Greeks. Uh, this week we have Option Vic, and we are going to be talking about um, the lifestyle of the trader. I think you might be our, mo our oldest and most experienced trader that has uh, joined us so far. So um, I guess we'll just start it off just like that, and I'll let you introduce yourself. Oh, sure. Um, my name is Vic. Uh, I live in uh, Northeast uh, U.S. Uh, been trading for a very long time, um, specifically uh, delivered products like options and futures. Um, well, that's a, like a very short introduction. Um, when did you when did you start when did you get in, uh when did you start getting interested in like in finance world like when did you start investing uh, um, well let me uh, let me go back like okay. I, I guess we have plenty of we have plenty of time right yeah oh yeah 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 all yeah. night yeah uh basically like I, i'm from india like from uh, born and brought up in mumbai i have an engineering degree from india um I come from a background, you know, my parents were working uh, middle class, you know, no business or any kind of uh, entrepreneurial work. And they were working for one firm, they started to work at one firm and they graduated and then they spent the next 50, 40 years working for the same firm. Uh, but my dad, uh, he, I mean, in his uh, 50s or late 40s or 50s, he started investing uh, in the Indian stock market. And um, I remember sitting at a breakfast table, like, you know, my dad would be going through the newspaper, looking through the, the first thing he would do is like open the stock page. And this is the days when we didn't have internet or you know, cell smartphones or anything, uh, or for that matter, even like, you know, daytime TV. So he would be opening the, uh, newspaper on a dining table and the first thing you would do is like go to the stocks section and um, I, I never understood it and uh, no, I was all I was always raised uh, that uh, to fear uh, you know gambling or investing in the stock market because it's a very speculative world so but he had a good knack and he did well and he's 82 and he's still doing very well uh, investing in the, in the stock market. Uh, so basically, I, I mean, he, he, he would do it. Uh, it never interested me. I continued with my engineering education, came to the U.S., did my computer, master's in computer science and applied math, and uh, you know, took a job in IT. And uh, this was in the... Uh, you know, mid '90s when you know the the internet cr uh, craze was everywhere, and uh, every Tom, Dick, and Harry was making money except me because I was so fearful about uh, investing stock market. Uh, every friend of mine were making uh, you know every month something like what they probably make in a year with speculative uh, investments, and uh, I just slept through the whole thing. Uh, in March 2000, you know, I gathered some courage. You know, after you know, I'd done that, I, I had a, accumulated a small nest egg. Um, I invested a little bit in March 2000 to a company called Commerce One. I don't know if anybody's uh, old enough to remember those days. And uh, it went up for about a week or two, and then you know, and. Most, you know, some of you would know that March 2000 was the high of the internet bubble. So I had entered, uh, I had entered into an internet stock at the, you know, uh, the perfect time. Um, and needless to say that, you know, that investment didn't go anywhere. But, you know, that got me curious and I was, um, you know, uh, interested in, I got interested in you know understanding the investing world, the stocks. Uh, I had a couple of friends who used to 
trade options. So I got to know a little bit about calls and puts and and see as to how they would uh, they would you know, buy the stocks, uh, buy the calls, or buy the puts and make some money. And you know, I started understanding the leverage, but that was all like at a very superficial level. Um, I tried my hand in like mid two thousands. Did not you know? It, it didn't go anywhere. Um, at that point, like you know, all my the main investing money was um, invested in the mutual funds via the 401k plans and the IRAs and as such. And in 2008, the financial market collapsed. So that's when I really got interested and uh, started digging deeper. Just started reading um, all the investing books, uh, financial books. It started subscribing to Investors Business Daily, uh, reading Wall Street Journal. I, I thought I could, you know, uh, turn it around by, you know, learning anything and everything about the market. And uh, I mean, again, it did not do much uh, till maybe like 2011 when I uh, was first introduced to Tasty Trade. So I, did, I think uh, 2011 was when Tasty Trade started. Uh, at, at that time, I believe they used to have paid subscriptions. So after trying, listening to a few of their episodes, I paid that $45 to get a, a, a subscription. And I started watching them regularly, started, um, uh, you know, I mean, couldn't watch it during the daytime because of the work, but I would watch it over the weekends or, you know, on my way home from work uh, in the car. I, I had a long uh, commute those days, so I would use that time to listen to the past episode, the previous day's episodes or, uh, you know, the live, live episodes. And that's when, you know, my trading started. Uh, I got a quantitative uh, introduction to the quantitative aspect of an investing, which kind of made sense to my engineering background. So I was doing well, and uh, th you know that's when I, I would say that my real investing uh, career started. So that was your long, long one answer to a small <laughs> no, that, question. That, no, that, that's good. That's good. Uh, but that, that's a really interesting start, though, because um, you. You said that you kind of were nervous about like the speculation on the market, and then you started kind of getting that taste in, right at the dot com crash, and then you lived through that, and then it, it never really recovered, right? Like it, just as it recovered was then the two thousand eight crash. So you you were almost validated twice in your fear of investing. So I guess what gave you that conviction to kind of go? You you know what I mean? Like you were right about yeah. how you felt. So what gave you the conviction to kind of go uh, go against your gut feeling and really dive into this trading thing? I mean, there's a couple of things. Like one was, you know, um, one of the fear that, you know, I didn't want to be in the same position when I retired where, you know, I've given all my life savings to some fund or, hedge, you know, some uh, mutual fund manager and I'm worried about, you know, how am I paying my next month's bill or, you know, how am I uh, going to support myself or my family? Uh, in my retirement years. So that was one fear. And the second was, uh, I had been, you know, always intellectually curious about the investing uh, world after the, and the dot-com crash in uh, 2000. So between 2000 and 2008, though I did not invest much, I, you know, I would, I'd be reading, uh, reading on the books, uh, reading uh, material on internet, uh, so that kind of gave me, you know, that it is just a uh, self-learning uh, curiosity that uh, fueled uh, the need. And after 2008, the need became like just more urgent because, um, you know, you, we were hearing about all the financial news everywhere uh, about, you know, what was happening with the, you know, 
the Lehman Brothers and the quantitative easing and the real estate market crashing and all that stuff. So uh, I wanted to see as to, I wanted to basically learn as to, you know, what's the right things to do and what's the right things to avoid. So that kind of uh, pushed me to dig a little deeper. And, and basically when I started with basic trading, the quantitative aspect of uh, the derivative market, especially the options, uh, in the peak, my interest. Yeah, I didn't even know Tasty Trade had a subscription fee at one time. Oh yeah, I mean, what they had was like this. I think I believe this started uh, in May or June of 2011, and they they would have all the shows, but certain shows were for subscribers only. Like the last, the closing bell, um, that was for subscribers only. So, oh, okay, so it was for the yeah. show. It wasn't even for the software at this at this point. Yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was going to ask if that was because I know I think I mean I was super young, but I remember when E Trade had commercials on TV all the time, and I think you had to call in still though, because like like you said, the internet was kind of just coming into its its into fruition. So these uh, internet based trades were a thing, like you know it wasn't like it was as it, or it wasn't like mm-hmm. it is today. Right, right. I mean, um, I mean the, I mean, I had even uh, contemplated at one point taking some option course. Uh, I think there was a company called Optionmatics or something, and they were charging something like eight, nine thousand dollars for a week long course, uh, which, which today, uh, you can learn in like eight, nine hours for free on YouTube or for t- at or a tasty trade. Or even if you ask a good uh, options trader, I mean, they might point you to some you know good videos to learn for free yeah whenever whenever i get approached on learning and like i I get asked a lot to mentor or coach or like take someone under my wing i'll you i have a playlist of a guy that goes by the name of kamikaze cash on youtube and it's very wall street bets meme heavy but it's good ten thousand foot view of options and i think if people get through that then I can start pointing them in the right direction of like tasty trade or bringing them into like some of the communities I hang out in and stuff like that. So, um, you, you said that you were, you were, had a full-time career whenever you, uh, started trading. Um, I guess zero DT wasn't even a thing back then. So like, I'm assuming you did a lot of longer dated trades. Were they options trades? Were they equities trades? Yeah. I mean, like, um, 2000, 11, uh, 12 was around the time when I was really serious. I mean, my trading took a more active role uh, in my life. Uh, I was doing well. Um, I, by 13, 14, I was starting doing um, uh, earnings plays, and I was doing well. Um, in 15, I was called in. Um, I mean, I, I used to correspond a lot with Tom and Tony, and I, I really a lot of my learning to those two because you know anytime I had a question, I, I would get an answer within 24 hours. I kid you not. I mean, like I've never seen any other. Uh, I mean, they were providing a free service, uh, but even in person, they would respond really fast, and I, I would make it a point to go to uh, their shows whenever they were in the nearby town, and. Uh, uh, like I, I did, I started doing very well by fourteen, and in fifteen, um, I was invited as a rising star on the show. Um, till that time, I was just primarily focused on uh, options. Uh, I started dwelling uh, delving to futures, like especially uh, evening. Uh, I used to watch a lot of the their future shows, so I used to take uh, you know uh, take a parallel position a, a small position just to learn and then once i would learn about the product and the you know the seasonality of the product or the, the tick sizes and all that stuff i started doing uh you know the pairs trade using futures products or you know sometimes just uh scalping day trades or overnight trades or swing trades using uh the future products and in a DT, zero DT came 
pretty late, around uh, 2019. And uh, I mean, that's, I mean, that, that opened up a whole other, you know, uh, level of uh, options. So how did, how did you yeah. get on Rising Star then? Was it from your email correspondence? Uh, it, it was my email correspondence, and I would uh, share my uh, trading um, success, I would say. And uh, at that time, there was a producer at Tasty Trade named Tony Vitali. Uh, so he called me out of blue one day and said, you know, can you share your, you know, long-term, uh, what do you call it, results or trading blog? And I shared with him and then said, would you be interested? Said, okay. I don't mind. So, oh, We'd like to have you, but you know we can't pay pay for the travel. Said, that's okay. That's fine. I think I you know I've earned enough to make a trip to Chicago, so and pay for pay for it myself. So I made a trip uh, to Chicago with my daughter. Um, my wife was busy with her business, so it was just two of us. We went and uh, yeah, that's uh, a that's a pretty it, cool trip, especially because your yeah, da- your daughter was interested in tra- or is interested was interested in that, and I think she was pretty young. I watched both the Rising Star and Future Star interview. Yeah, at that time, uh, my daughter was around uh, 14, 15. Um, she, I mean, she also got naturally curious as to, you know, why I was spending so many, so much, so many hours in front of the computer and she'd look at the, uh, you know, the glowing uh, red and green charts. And she had, um, she, she liked to do math uh, and she did really well in math. So she got interested and, I taught her or mentored her, and then she got uh, onto the tasty, uh, the tasty trades uh, future. I think called the uh, the future star or something. Yeah, future star. Future star. Yeah, the future star. And um, you know, she ultimately uh, you know, took finance as her uh, vocation, and she just recently graduated from one of the top universities. Uh, so, do you still do you still work in IT today? Uh, I currently have a few. Of, I, I've been working as a consultant for the past twenty years uh, um, in the field of, um, well, especially on Microsoft platform. Uh, right now, like my uh, obligations are coming to an end. I start. I started phasing out. For the uh, in the past two years, and I have certain commitments on a particular project that uh, has gone into production just recently. So I hopefully by the end of this year, it, I should be 100% uh, out of IT. Uh, if not, um, most likely by Q Q1 of next year. And you said your parents, you, they were kind of like the traditional, like get a job for 40 years and retire and kind of that traditional lifestyle. So as a consultant for 20 years and then as a trader, I think there's that inherent um, entrepreneurial spirit. Spirit. So I guess what, what do you think draw, drove the entrepreneurial side of you? Um, basically, you know, um, just like – probably the will to succeed. I mean, uh, there were a lot of opportunities um, when I, after I graduated. I mean, even um, in the late 90s when I was not trading, but I was like an IT professional, I also was uh, working as a side hustle at a local uh, university teaching master's level courses in software engineering. Um, I was also, I also co-authored a book on uh, Windows DNA architecture. Uh, I was a technical editor one of the for one of the leading um, technical uh, um, publisher, which got uh, taken over by O'Reilly Publishers. Um, so I was, I was doing a lot of different uh, things. Uh, it's just like you know, I I like to you know, I just get bored if I'm just doing one thing. So let me put it this way. No, that's uh, that's really um, reassuring because I'm the exact same way. I'll, I jump from project to project to project, and unfortunately, I have a habit of not finishing them, but it sounds like you got it figured out. And 
you can at least see through, see things through to the finish line. It takes a while. It's not easy. Um, um, I mean, I have like so many other things that's you know still in the pipeline. Some of the things like um, I mean, there are things like you know I, I want to get into like one of the hot topics that's been discussed that you might have seen in other places. Uh, you know, automation. I have technical skills, but I just haven't got around to you know going through the API code and figuring out what I want to do and how I want to do it. So I mean, that's a project that I want to do. Once I get, you know, I'm relieved from my existing IT project. Yeah, um, automation has become very popular lately. And I, I'm kind of in the same boat where I, I'm really nervous to uh, hand my funds over to a bot to trade on my behalf. But I think the problem is my personal issue is just my confidence in my own development skills. But I, it is something I want to explore as well. And like, do you... Do you use any automation in your trading today? No, zero. Uh, I mean, I, I use the Thinkorswim. I, I, I use a couple of different platforms. Uh, I use uh, Thinkorswim uh, primarily for uh, um, uh, zero DTE and a couple of other uh, IRA retirement accounts I manage there. I use Tastyworks for some um, ES option trades. I use... Uh, 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 Sierra charts uh, tied with another uh, broker called Stage Five to do uh, scalping on ES. So it's all uh, driven by the platform. I, I think uh, I I I'd like to wait on automation part uh, part till uh, my the trading the logic my uh, you know. The trade execution is perfected uh, on the on the trading side itself. Like you know, I mean, it, it's no use to have a great automation software if you don't know how to trade. I mean, you know, in trade, you know, I basically look at it as like you know, um, market context management and money management that has to be done well to become a good trader. So unless you have that. Having a great software is of no use. So over the years, that's what I've been uh, trying to get good at. And uh, there are certain strategies I know how I how it has worked for me and how I want it to work, especially in the in the uh, sphere of zero DTE. I, I I I'm at a point that I can uh, I can automate that just for the execution efficiency, not for anything else. But on others, it's, you know, it's still, uh, there's a lot of discretion, discretionary uh, stuff to do. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of at is in regards, I only do the zero DT thing. So my that where I'm kind of at is this hybrid model where I would be, I think the, at least where I'm going to start is where I would enter manually so I can provide the discretion that I think it needs and then have a pretty much just like a second set of eyes that monitors our orders and make sure that, um, you know, orders don't get canceled or rejected and we can just at least make sure we can get out in the event of a big move. Right, right. I mean, there's, uh, I mean, I started zero DT small, but I've grown to a point where it's becoming cumbersome to execute, even if I know what exactly want, I want to do and I know I'm going to, you know, win with that. I mean, a couple of examples, like I, the way, the, my style of trading is I'll, I'll go all in and then I'll scale out. I mean, there, there are a couple of ways of doing it. You can go all in and scale out or you can, you know, scale in and scale out or, you know, scale in and get all out, you know, the, the different ways, but I like to do all in and scale out. But if I'm scaling out, I have a, you know, let's say, I'll give an example, if I'm scaling out for, you know, 20 cent profit, 30 cent profit, and 40 cent profit. But if the, uh, you know, if I feel the market is more favorable, I'd write, you know, I'd write, I'd like to move the, you know, the first order to the last, right? So instead of closing at 20, 30, 40, I'd rather, rather close it at 30, 40, 50. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, so, I mean, th th it, this is a very simplistic example, but, you know, when I have, like, you know, uh, 10 orders and each of them are, like, you know, 10 lot or 15 lot, 
that's like to do it manually it's a nightmare i have a partner in this affair, in this affair so i mean we do it it's like we're doing it together another example is like you know i know if i'm going to be hitting a stop loss and if i'm i'm approaching the stop loss you know we're actively looking for and go okay what's the next opportunity so you know that opportunity could be based on a credit or a, or on a delta I and mean, it's more on a credit i rarely do delta on a day trade so i mean you, you got to scour the trade whether you want to do it a you know 10 wide or a 50 wide or a 100 wide depending upon you have i mean that takes a lot of cycles in terms of searching for that trade and putting the trade on your uh in the execution queue so if you can build uh, some automated process where you know you have your set of criteria that filters and keeps those in front of you already you just have to click and execute right so ability to execute fast is you know would be something that i like to automate and you said you had uh, a couple different accounts. How how many different strategies do you run? Uh, ideally, I like to dedicate an account for a particular strategy. So it, it, that keeps my mind clear rather than you know, uh, mixing things up. Uh, I have an account for zero DT, and that's in the, at the end of the day, it's always cash. And morning 9.30, again, a percent of the capital gets deployed, but end of the day, it's again in cash. You know that's the typical zero DTE. Uh, a couple of uh, uh, retirement and IRA accounts that uh, uh, I've had because of my various jobs or you know whatever retirement money, uh, and even like you know some family uh, retirement and IRA accounts. Those are typically. Uh, uh, I mean, there one of the account would be just like an ETFs. I mean, I would be doing wheeling in ETF. Another could be, uh, you know, there are some uh, little Nasdaq heavy like Fangman like stocks, which you know could be uh, uh, like some stocks like Apple or Amazon, which you know I own my holding for the next ten years, um, and I would just be wheeling or doing. Some stuff or the other on a, uh, not on a, on a daily basis, but on a you know period maybe a weekly basis or something, and a little more during the uh, earning season uh, around that particular stocks uh, earning date. Um, then I have a, a tasty works account on which I run my own strategy about um, having. Um, it's more on future options where I have a uh, short ES call open every day of the year. Like, you know, it's like 23 by five or 23 by six. Uh, there's always a short ES option open uh, that closes the very next day because these days the ES is also five days a week. Um, then I have like another account where I would scout the ES. Uh, um, futures itself. I mean, basically, like I'm coming back, you'd see that I'm extremely, uh, like, you know, more and more focused towards uh, S&P or various derivatives of S&P, which could be S SPX or ES or NES or SPY. So how do you determine how to allocate uh, or how much to allocate to each different account. Like I know the retirement accounts are kind of limited by their uh, deposits and they have uh, they have various limits attached to them. But if, if you have a zero DT account and an earnings account, like how do you determine how much to allocate to each one? Well, uh, typically I never, uh, I'm always 50% in cash, no matter which account it is. And um, on the more aggressive accounts, I would be, about 66% in cash. Because what happens is during the high volatility uh, environment, the buying power just expands. And I was, it, it gives me some 
having some extra cash on the side gives me room to deploy more capital at that point. I, I think there, there's a, at one point uh, Tasty Tale had a, a, a segment on uh, the capital allocation, which basically said like, you know, if you, let's say you had 100,000 uh, an account which was worth uh, 100,000. And if you were making, say, you know, you're making 1% on just 5% of that 100,000, which is like on $5,000, if you're making 1,000, you'd be at $18,000 on the entire 100,000. But you know that 1% a day is extremely, you know, uh, ambitious. Uh, so, I mean, if you work, if you work it back, uh, you know, let's say on the same, using the same model, instead of allocating 5% a day, 5% uh, of your, uh, that 100,000, if you were to, let's say, allocate 25% of that 100,000, and instead of doing 1% uh, per day, you did one-fifth of that, that's like 0.2% per day, that'll still bring you to 18% in a year on that entire 100,000. So, I like to uh, allocate a small portion of my entire uh, uh, account size, and I work more aggressively to try to extract a small percent on a daily basis. I mean, with scalping or with zero DT, like some of those more riskier accounts, I'll be extremely active. Um, on some of the retirement accounts, I would be not as active and I would probably allocate a little more than usual. And because, you know, the, the retirement accounts are there for a longer term, so um, I'd rather let data work on them rather than uh, more trading or more scalping. Yeah, this is something I struggle with too because I was always everything I read. So as I, I was self-taught, I hit crypto, I cashed out, I handed my money to an, a financial advisor while I learned how to manage it myself. And then, but like everything I was always taught was to like be fully invested. And as you know, this year I was fully invested. I was running David Sun's Theta Engine and then doing zero DT and then playing some earnings. And I was, as everything got dragged down this year, I was expecting kind of like I was, uh, I was jaded by that V-shaped recovery of COVID. And I just kept doubling down because I thought we were bouncing back and I took some hits. And um, in your Rising Star interview with Tony, you guys kind of touch on uh, your 401k being slashed to a 201k and how you did the right thing. And uh, Tony's quote was when everything implodes, it all implodes. And we're kind of seeing that this year as well. And do you, mm -hmm. are you, can you, are you drawing kind of like, par are you drawing parallels to your, your experiences back then and what's happening in the markets today? Uh, yes, the parallels are, uh, well, Yes and no. Uh, the parallels are there uh, in terms of like the, how the markets have, uh, you know, imploded. Uh, I mean, this is the, I, I don't remember the exact statistic. I mean, typically the stat, uh, the stocks and the bonds, they, you know, the, they have inverse relationship. But this is one of the few years that both of them have gone down, uh, you know, in such a large measure. And this uh, drop in the bonds is, Supposedly, something like the biggest in the past hundred years or so. I, I forget the exact number. Yeah, the uh, a statistic I saw was that the uh, traditional sixty forty fund is actually performing worse than it would have performed in the Great Depression. Right, right. So, in, in that sense, this I mean, um, I, I think the markets have gone down a lot this year. But in 2008, I think the the hit was more. It came more towards like September, October timeframe, and um, at that time the the drops were like huge. I mean, I'm not discounting the fact that in a given had 
huge drops this year too. But um, the volatility, I, I think the VIX at that time had gone up to 40, uh, like 50, 60 or something like that. Uh, versus right now we are at 30. So it's, I would say it's not as bad. Though I know uh, if you look at your retirement accounts, you, know, you probably feel that it's, it's as bad. Yeah, I've, um, it almost, or does it almost feel like it's a little, does it feel worse because it's like death by a thousand cuts instead of getting those right. real big red candles? It's just been month after month of just beat downs. Right, right. Kind and of like the, uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. I mean, it's hard to say as to, you know, where we're headed. So, and that's one thing about day trading is like, I mean, you your opinion and your vision is only, you know, limited to the next whatever. Uh, when the bell opens, uh, the market opens at 9.30, the bell rings, your, you know, your horizon is just like for the next six and a half hours uh, versus, you know, having a long-term view. Um, it, well, in, in terms of the difference, especially for me, uh, if I were to compare 2008 versus like right now, 2022, uh, in 20, 2008, I, I mean, I, I had zero control over a single dime that uh, was invested in the market you know, because everything was with the, uh, the mutual fund company. Uh, right now, it's like they don't have anything. I mean, it's like it, it's in my hands and I control it. And um, I mean, the past 10, 12 years of uh, trading has uh, improved my um, the trading and the investing outlook, and uh, I'm doing it. I mean, it's probably one of the best years of my life in terms of investing. So, most of it is related to zero GTE and uh, the uh, future scalping that I do. That that's I ought to agree. I have even though I've been getting beaten down on like the core side of um, the longer term investments. Uh, I, I needed this downtrend market to give me the conviction in zero DT because when I left crypto and cashed out all the crypto stuff, it was one of those cases of everybody's a genius in a bull market. And I thought I was a genius. And then I realized what I didn't know real quick whenever I started trading, trying to trade it on the down on the downturn. So, um, that's whenever I kind of took a step back and, uh, but I, I, I think this. I needed this downtrend though to give me that conviction in zero DTE to keep trucking forward and not um, rely on the yeah. growth aspect of the S and P five hundred to carry me to my wealth later in life. Right. I mean, I, I've seen you uh, trade uh, zero DTE, I and mean, you've had some phenomenal um, success. So, uh, I mean, one of the things is like you know, even you have multiple accounts. Like if you're losing, you know in one but you're winning and you're winning big in another it kind of uh, you know blunts the uh, you know, I mean you can absorb the shock right for the longer term and um, if those are in your retirement and IRA kind of accounts then you have time to fix it or repair it and then in your tasty in your tasty video in your interview um you had mentioned that you, I believe your wife did like after school kind of, some kind of after school program, but that you were very big into talking to kids about finance. And you made a comment that it was easier to talk to kids than adults because of the emotional attachment that adults have to money. Is that something you're still actively involved in? Uh, not as much. I mean, uh, I'm not that involved in, I mean, my wife still owns a couple of franchises uh, on that matter. And, uh, you know, I'm, the one of the big reasons I'm not that involved with uh, talking to kids is just because my my own daughter has grown up and you know, uh, all our friends are you know grown up still. So uh, it's, I'm, I don't do any kind of uh, you know mentoring or anything these days to um, my kids. And did did your daughter take a? You said that she was interested in. Uh, and seeing you on the computer and kind of seeing the the red and green flashing, and that's what kind of sparked her interest. Right, that's what I mean. That's what she wrote on the college essay. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh. Well, no, I'm asking because I have an 11 year old and a six year old, and uh -huh. um, 
I wanted to pay my I wanted to pay my son, the eleven year old. I wanted to pay him really well for his report cards, but the deal was that half of it had to be invested. And I wanted to uh-huh. kind of that was gonna kind of be the introduction and he had no interest whatsoever. And then uh, maybe yeah. like two months ago, my six year old, she was asking me what I do for work and I was kind of explaining to her as best as I could and she was like, I would like to own a portion of an iPad <laughs> And I was like, you absolutely yeah. can. And then I was explaining, and you know, and like, she's still super young, but I kind of like walk this line of how do I, how do I get them involved and engaged and interested, with, but like still letting them be a kid? Yeah, I, I think it's a hard answer. I mean, um, I mean, a lot of it has to, you know, they have, they have to have some interest and they have to have some uh motivation like intrinsic motivation to do what they are doing what you know to be in this field right i mean kids are they they never do what you tell them to do i mean they they need to have that coming from inside um i i really don't know how to you know uh, to address that in terms of um, how to generate that interest but if they have if they have interest in you know, anything money related or anything. Uh, uh, I mean, they need to have that intellectual curiosity. I mean, I, I see, a, I've, I've seen a lot of kids just because of, you know, uh, the business uh, my wife's, wife's in. And, uh, you know, different kids are interested in different things and uh, they'll pursue what, you know, what's in their interest. Um, if, if, you, if your kids, you know, they're interested in money or in seeing how the money grows or, or, you know, I even know a person who actually had his kid do zero DTE. So he, he I mean, he was given just, you know, like $10,000. Uh, and um, I mean, it was, of course, um, like some $25,000 dollars to beat the, you know, the patent day trading uh, rule. But he was told that he could have used up to like 10000 to do zero DTE. And the vacation, he did that. And he, and he was told that whatever you, uh, make you can keep it, and the guy was smart enough to just you know close after he made like 10 20 cents, and you know every day he made like 20 30 dollars. He was happy about it, and he, he, he and he would say, like, and it's better than slogging at uh, you know some fast food restaurant. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting that they even introduced some, um, they threw him right into the deep end of the pool and said, Here, zero DTE options ready to go, <laughs> right. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, uh, this friend of mine, you know, he would have his, you know, he, he would be doing his own zero to be next to him, but uh, he would keep an eye if you know, things went bad. And so many times, I mean, especially, I mean, this was like about two years ago. I mean, this year it would have been a lot more difficult <laughs> just because of the fact, like, you know, we, saw, we see this big candle. Yeah. And, uh, and I know that, uh, and like, yeah, I know that my, my kids are still young, and like I said, I, I'm I'll let, I'm still letting them be kids. But I know the um, path to freedom and success that fi- a finance hobby slash career like this could pave for them. So the slightest bit of interest that they show, I'm going to try. I'm trying to grab onto it. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it, it'll come to them. I mean, if you just can't, you know force anything on them i mean if you maybe i don't know but i used to pick my daughter with me to the i mean i told you i took her to chicago with me when i went to the tasty trade uh, for the rising star segment uh there are times i have even taken her to uh the uh, the tasty trades so when they come on the tour you know to stand next to tom and tom, uh, tom and tony uh, take a picture uh, and just say hi. And uh, many of my trading friends, uh, even from different parts of the country, um, even now they ask me as to how she's doing because they know her too. Yeah, that's such an awesome story. So cool. Um, so, yeah. uh, so you, I guess, all of your profits that you make just kind of get reinvested back into the trading account. Then, so you're not like. Pulling, are you pulling cash out to live, or is that kind of your, you know, your consulting income supports your lifestyle, and then 
everything you're trading with is kind of just reinforcing that account? No, the zero DT account, um, you know, I have a particular target. So uh, if it meets a target, I'll just, you know, withdraw the money. Example is like, you know, the account is 100,000, then the account becomes 110,000. Whether it becomes 110 in like three days or three months, I'll take the take the ten thousand out. So that's how it works on the zero DT. But uh, uh, on the other accounts, I just leave it in there. And I mean, do you, I, I start, do, sorry, you do you turn around and like invest in any kind of real estate or any alternative investments outside of the market? Um, my I let my wife look at that, and I'm like, she does her own stuff with um, other real estate. Uh, investment on a on a passive side with different uh, you know uh, the, like different syndications i mean we, i have a, my old house i've rented it out so i have that's my only my personal uh, um, involvement in that real estate activity but my wife invests in REITs and uh, some syndicated uh, real estate deals that's interesting. So she handles kind of like the real estate in the physical, I guess, uh, the physical investments and you got, and you handle yeah. the, the day trading slash, well, maybe not day trading, but you know what I mean? The, the, yeah. the equities markets. Yeah. I mean, th this is what I like and what I like, you know, what I like to do. So, um, I mean, I, I look at those other ones but you know i'm not looking for opportunities let me put it this way i mean i'd rather be looking for opportunities in the trading world because it, it's it's a lot more scalable and you know you're a lot i mean in real estate you'll probably make one or two deals in the whole year right and but uh, uh in the trading uh in investing i mean for about the same amount of uh notional value you'd probably doing 10 trades a day Gotcha. Yeah, that's what. That's why I didn't really get into real estate because um, there's a lot of you get a lot more creative with the way that you handle leverage with the banks and loans and stuff like that. And honestly, I'm just not the handyman type. I don't have the vision for it. Um, I spent most of my day raking leaves today, and I w I wish so bad that I was a renter and had a maintenance crew I could contact. Yeah, I mean. As, as a landlord, like, you know, um, I need to have a roller deck stuff, like, you know, proper plumber, the right HVAC guy, the right, and the AC guy. And it's like, yeah, it's, I, I, some, something I don't, I don't enjoy. So if someone was to approach you today and ask you how to get started, what, where would you point them? I mean, uh, in, in, in investing options or? In trading, yeah. They wanted to take yeah. control of their own money and... They wanted to, yeah. Um, yeah. They want to take control of yeah. their own their own finance. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, many people do that. Okay, uh, I mean, there's at least like one or two people a month who would uh, um, say that. In fact, like a lot of my friends, my, my relatives, my uh, nieces and nephews, they'll be asking the same. I mean, it's um, getting into trading is not just an investment of your money, but an investment of time and effort. And 90% or 95% of the time, you see that people are ready to give you the, you know, put the money open, you know, they'll, they're ready to go to, you know, whatever, Schwab or Ameritrade or whatever, and, you know, put in like whatever, 15,000, 20,000, whatever to the money, but they're not ready to put in the time to learn, um, learn the mechanics of trading. So that's where they fail. And I tell them, like, and if you can't do that, then, uh, you know, <laughs> then this is not the right thing for you. You know, just focus on being good at what you do in, in other fields and give the money to somebody else who can do a good job for you. So just, and I, I don't, yeah, I don't do, I don't, I don't take other people's money, but uh, it just, the people, I mean, as I said, like, you, know, you need to have an interest uh, in this field and you need to be able to dedicate some time and effort to 
to learning about it. I mean, if you if you can't learn about it, then how are you going to trade? I mean, many people have a false notion that you know, if you come into trading or investing, you can come in and you have some magic indicator or something that will give you that point to that one stock, and you buy it at the right time, and you don't have to do anything. Like you know, it will just keep multiplying, you know, year after year. <laughs> We all know that that's not true, and when they started when they start actually doing that they you know that's when they hit the reality and they're not in, you know then they say oh uh, they they're not interested in doing that because it's so much work to learn everything and then you know actually putting on the trades and monitoring the trades and looking for the next opportunity so Yeah, yeah, I often wonder what yeah. I often wonder what people that I know in in quote unquote in real life that um cuz I get I get that I get approached with that a lot like oh I'll give you money and you just give me back what you make type of thing and I don't manage other people's money either and because it all, you know it always goes sour but you you said you still get approached to this day Yeah, I mean people approach, right? I mean Many of my friends and family, they know. I mean, right now, I mean, most of my zero DT trades are through an LLC, which I manage with a friend of mine. It's our pool money, so it's just us. I mean, uh, one of the good things about you know being dependent is like you know you you have no accountability to anybody but yourself, and it, it frees up a you know unlike some of your other. Um, Guests on previous shows, like I, I don't have a hedge fund, or uh, you know, and I, I don't do blogs or podcasts or uh, run YouTube videos or anything. I, I mean, it's just me. My focus on trading. Uh, it's one thing I don't do, and I want to. I, I think I do it well, and I will do it even better. So, yeah, I I, mean, I, I I get it. I. Ever since I started trading, I have spent the last year kind of clearing off my plate, and um, I think you know some of the details from private conversations. But like, I just had a startup that just like went totally sour, so I spun mm-hmm. up this podcast to kind of scratch up that scratch that entrepreneurial itch. But it's I still keep it like super unprofessional and laid back because if it starts to feel like a job, I won't do it. And mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, CDAX from our Discord. And mm-hmm. him and I chat a lot about uh, alternative income streams and business opportunities, and we struggle because there is nothing that I can think of that can even come close to competing with my performance with zero DTE trading, or even trading right. in general. Like even if I didn't trade zero DTE and I went back to selling strangles on earnings and those the tasty way, like even that, I can't I can't beat the return on time. No, that that's true. Like you know, I mean, you're at a position where you are because you spent your, you spent a lot of time, effort, uh, and you've actually paid tuition to the markets to get where you, where you are. So I mean, it's I mean, I think you're drawing a sizable um, um, return on your zero DT from what I know. Uh, I mean, that's. That takes a lot of effort and it takes a lot of time. Yeah, there's that, some of the there's that popular saying: it takes a few years to, or it took me years to become an overnight success. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I've heard that. And, uh, it's, I mean, to some of your other uh, listeners who are, you know, who are doing zero DT or you know, might, or like rather who are not doing zero DT and might be. Zero DT and might be contemplating getting to this. I mean, it's not easy money. It's one of the most riskiest trades, and uh, there's so many things that has to happen right for you to be successful. I mean, you can be right, you know, like you know, fifty uh, days uh, out of fifty-one, but that one day could wipe out all the other fifty days of doing so. Uh, it's it, it's it's a tough skill. To develop, and it's a tough, uh, um, it's a tough trade, but it's a very rewarding and ex- I would say it's extremely rewarding trade, and it's uh, 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 
it's an extremely rewarding lifestyle. It can be done in like three, four, five hours. Yeah, and it's uh, it's that instant gratification. You know, at the end of the day, I know if I won or lost, I don't have to worry about any kind of external threat to my position right. overnight. Right. Yeah, I, I started my zero GT in 2019. I was introduced uh, to it by, you know, uh, somebody. And when I heard about it, I was like, my first instance was like, you know, you're going to be trading, doing something, new trading options. There's no way in hell it could not work. I mean, I, I was extremely skeptical uh, in private. So, uh, but then it's okay, let me try it. And I did it. Um, and there was like, you know, lots of ups and downs. There are lots of ups, but they were like few, but very sharp, very teaching downs. And uh, you know, so now it's just like, I mean, it used to be like, you might remember, it used to be like three days a week till um, May of this year. And uh, now it's five days. So uh, it's like a full-time job. I know. I love it. I can't believe I only traded three days a week. And it wasn't even that long ago. Yeah, I mean, it's been like, <laughs> like ages ago. But the, but the good thing is, like, you know, in the past, like, we used to, when we used to trade, like, you know, we used to, you know, we always, like, you know, we have our, you know, we, our whole goal is to have a new water, high water mark every day. And sometimes, like, you know, it would, uh, you know, we have a steep downturn and say, oh, it's going to take another week to get back to high water mark. Or, you know, in, in, in the past, it would even be like, oh, it's going to take us a month. And, you know, the three days a week, it would be a month. But now with five days a week, that same month translates to maybe like, you know, half a month or, you know, a little around that. Yeah. So um, as you said, you don't really have or you don't have any kind of like podcasts or classes to um, to advertise. So I know that a lot of people come from like the Facebook group and have been coming in through uh, some various discords that I've been advertising in and sharing the links with and stuff. So do you have any advice towards those people, even outside of like zero DT specific advice, but uh, just general trading as a retail trader for as long as you have um, any words of wisdom? A couple of things like, you know, you know, as history trades says, you know, trade small. I wouldn't say trade often, but, you know, trade small. Uh, trade often can come at some later point in your life, but uh, trade small, uh, try to be successful. I mean, there are a couple of cycles a typical trader goes, goes through. Like, you know, you make, uh, you know, you make, you know, little money, then you make a lot of money, or you may lose little money, or you lose a lot of money. The worst thing that can happen to a new trader is they get into this investing world and they make a lot of money. That's the worst thing that can happen. So I'm sorry to say that because it gives them a false sense of security about the market and they immediately go big. And when it goes down, it, I mean, then it just literally takes them out. So whatever you do, you know, take it small and try to learn the trade and the trade craft and try to understand as to, I mean, it's a difficult thing for the experienced trader to do, which to do is which is to understand if the money that you're making or losing is because of your skill or because of, um, because if the market just happened to be favorable to your position. So that's an extremely hard skill to discern that difference. Uh, no, I want to stress. I, w- I would like. I want to stress that about the um, winning, winning first, because that's actually how I even got into zero DT. Is I was on Tastyworks, uh, just trading earnings, doing the wheel, different things like that, and learning. And I discovered, oh, these contracts expire at, the, at four o'clock, and I was putting on these like ninety nine percent probability of profit iron con- like massive, just stupid trades, but they worked a lot. And, but that one time it didn't, it stung really bad, but I knew that there was something to it. And then that's whenever I started joining communities and I stumbled across, like, uh, I stumbled across Tammy Chambliss and, 
kind of went down that rabbit hole that it's the the common rabbit hole of zero dt and the low delta condors and then what it has evolved into today yeah i mean you know you have to face some of those you know uh, steep downturns to understand the stop loss i mean there are a couple of friends i've talked to who have got into zero dt and i always tell them I mean, one of the friends I'm mentoring right now is a is an ex rising star, one of the first rising stars at this trade, uh, and I have, I have told him like just put a sticker on your lap on your monitor saying stop loss is my friend. I mean, this this guy is the one you know he's a multi he's extremely rich person, and uh, he trades big, so and he's been trading the typical pace trade way. You know, then you're rolling, you're rolling your losses, and you know, you're doing all the wheeling and all that stuff. You, you can afford to do that um, uh, in a in a different kind of a trading world, uh, where you know you have a longer horizon and you have deep pockets. But uh, with zero DT, you, you you can't do that. I mean, he he, I mean he had a um, yeah, big, um, um, uh, last month was a pretty, uh, uh, you know, pretty rough month for zero DT traders. So this guy called me and uh, I had to tell him to stress him, stress to him the importance of the stop, stop loss. So, yeah, I have a friend that he has, um, or I've heard of someone yeah, my friend copied it, but he had uh, $500 in ones. And then that he just keeps a stack of it on his desk to show, like, how big of a stack that that is, you know. So then don't risk, you know, don't, don't go gambling because, like, you can visually see the loss that you're putting out. Right, right. Um, so does anybody in the audience have any questions for Vic? And while they think of something, is there anything else you want to add on to the end of the show here? Um, no, I mean, uh, basically, like, you know, getting into this, you, you know, uh, going back to your previous question, you know, trade small, uh, take small wins. Uh, if you want to become a full-time trader, try to, you know, try to withdraw some um, uh, winnings from your, uh, from your account. I mean, that really changed my mentality in terms of you know, becoming becoming a full time trader rather than just like you know a long time retail trader. If I you know if I always tell myself like you know, if if I can't withdraw ten dollars this week, how can I withdraw you know hundred dollars you know whatever a month from now or a year from now or even during my retirement years? How could I you know draw something equivalent of you know us? percentage of my uh, monthly pay to keep myself going, right? So, I mean, it's a, I did that to build my confidence and to get into a habit of uh, paying myself because, because one of my goals was to be being able to write my own paycheck no matter where in the world I was working or traveling and uh, enjoying my lifestyle. I love it, man. That was uh that that's an inspiration, and that's a hundred percent why I do it. I have a whole world to see. Um, I have kids I wanted to share experiences with and provide them that cushion that uh, they can go on to live their life doing what they want to do and not what they need to do. And yeah, and like you said, I want to be able to do it from anywhere I decide to be in the world at that moment. So, so um, if you don't have anything else and no one has anything to chime in, um, I appreciate, again, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, inspirational and always insightful. Oh, thank you for having me over. Yeah, I enjoyed it as much. And uh, if anybody wants to um, join up, we have a Discord now for the podcast, and we have a group of uh, traders from all walks of life, and we're doing all sorts of kind of like R&D and different things around zero DT as well as um, automation and different trade strategies. And I'm trying to expand the audience here and kind of get outside of that zero DT bubble. So check out our discord speakinggreeks.com. 
Vic hangs out there. A ton of other smarter people than me hang out there. And, uh, yeah, again, I appreciate it, Vic. Uh, my pleasure. Um, thank you, and good luck to you and your uh, this new venture on Twitter Spaces and the Discord. Yeah, uh, you know, feel free to hit me up with questions uh, on uh, Kirk's Discord. Yep, and I will link your I'll link your uh, Twitter profile and everything too in the uh, show notes. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks again, man. And I will uh, be talking to you tomorrow, I'm sure. Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> have, a good, have a good night, everybody. Take care.